partnership on pause. Why the collaboration between Austin Police and DPS is on hold and how the community is responding. Welcome rainfall continues for some this evening. How long this wet weather pattern continues in first warning weather. And border crossings are down after the end of Title 42, but that's not necessarily what some areas are worried about. How the surge of migrants before the policy change is impacting cities across the U.S. We begin tonight with breaking news out of New Mexico. At least three people are dead and two officers are wounded following a mass shooting in Farmington, a town located in the northeast corner of that state. Police say the suspect was killed on the scene but have not released the suspect's identity. The two officers who were shot, a Farmington police officer and a New Mexico state police officer, are both being treated for their injuries at the San Juan Regional Medical Center. We are working to learn more details and we will update you right here on KXAN as well as KXAN.com when we get those. And our top story tonight, the safety of our city as state troopers who have been patrolling Austin for the past six weeks now move to the border. Thanks for being with us. I'm Britt Moreno. And I'm Daniel Marin. The Department of Public Safety partnership with Austin Police temporarily ended Saturday so troopers could support border operations in the wake of Title 42 crossing restrictions ending. KXN's Nabil Ramadna asks what city leaders and citizens expect to see next. You won't see as many DPS troopers patrolling the streets of Austin. DPS covers the entire state. Right now their priority is securing our border. As Austin police faced about 300 vacancies, the Texas Department of Public Safety temporarily expanded their force. The partnership between APD and DPS was definitely successful in the city of Austin, especially for bringing down violent crimes and also decreasing response times. The city has only released data for the first two weeks of the partnership. However, that's been going on since March 30th. A city memo sent April 13th stated there was an overall 25% decrease in violent crime and 58% decrease in high violent crime areas DPS was deployed to. But the move did not come without criticism. I wasn't in agreement. I didn't think it was necessary at all. Esmeralda Hernandez grew up in the Montopolis area and worries about equity. I think that we see a lot of over-policing in um, areas like the 4-1, like um, Duff Springs 4-4 area. A report from the Travis County Attorney's Office showed DPS troopers arresting a higher percentage of Latino and black people for misdemeanors when the partnership first started. I would say I'd be happier not seeing them come back at all. Mayor Kirk Watson sent us a statement addressing that, saying we've been able to recalibrate it in an effort to address troubling issues and prevent people from feeling targeted, profiled, and over-policed. Councilmember Mackenzie Kelly has other concerns with the partnership pausing. I've spoken to officers specifically who do feel overworked. They feel that they are working so hard they're going to burn out. Nabil Ramadna, KXAN News. Mayor Watson says the partnership will be on hold for at least two weeks. There were 80 troopers and 20 special agents working Austin under that initiative. Well, meantime, police are still looking for the person who killed a man this morning in Southeast Austin. This happened on Springfield Drive. This is out near William Cannon Drive and McKinney Falls Parkway. This is near the Marble Creek Greenbelt. Now, police got to the scene just before three this morning. They say a woman called from the area saying that she believed her friend was dead. Other callers reported hearing gunshots as well. 
The man was pronounced dead at the scene and the woman was taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Turning now to the deadly weekend weather across the plains. At least 54 tornadoes have been reported in the region since Friday, including a destructive twister near the Texas border that took the life of a 42-year-old man and caused extensive damage. This community of Laguna Heights has just around 1,500 people. The Red Cross and the Salvation Army is helping the 38 families who have been to place. Oh my goodness, seeing all the wreckage, your heart just goes out to these people. It's awful. Nighttime tornadoes are more deadly than daytime because people are asleep and right. not paying attention to You're the not weather. Ready. Also, that border town is mainly mobile homes, which is really just an awful combination. Fortunately, with the rain that we're seeing today locally, we do not have any severe weather and really no risk of a tornado. You can see some scattered downpours that have lifted north of Austin over the past several hours. After after some welcome rain a couple of hours ago. The metro mainly dry, but keep an eye out for wet roadways that remain on your evening drive. Up in Milam County, some non-severe thunderstorms bringing welcome rain and some cloud-to-ground lightning strikes. In the hill country, we've got this little boundary blowing through, which is actually acting to enhance some of the showers and storms just south of Llano. Welcome rain right where we need it most into the Highland Lakes watershed. And even though maybe your backyard hasn't gotten quite what it needs to get out of this four-year drought, over the last seven days, Mason has gotten 8.16 inches of rain, and a couple spots in Fayette County have gotten between 7 and 8 inches. So this is really starting to add up in a pretty beneficial way. Coming up, I'll show you one more day of wet weather tomorrow, how long dry weather lasts thereafter, and also a little cool front that's on the way. David, thank you so much. Well, days after the pandemic era, Title 42 ended, the number of border crossings has gone down by about 50%. But the, now those migrants are moving into northern cities and mayors are asking for help. NBC's Drew Petromo is on Capitol Hill. On the southern border, tensions easing as the flow of migrants slows. In the three days before Title 42 was lifted, border officials averaged about 10,500 apprehensions per day. In the three days after, the daily average fell by more than half to just under 5,000. They have gone down. My hope is they'll continue to go down, but we have more, a lot more work to do. The Biden administration credits the decline to policy changes, creating new legal immigration pathways and strict requirements for asylum seekers. To qualify, most migrants must first apply for asylum in another country. If they're denied, they can then schedule an appointment on a new Border Patrol app to have their case heard in the U.S. Migrants caught crossing illegally can be barred from seeking asylum for at least five years. Since Friday, hundreds of non-citizens, including Venezuelans, Cubans, and Nicaraguans, have already been returned to Mexico. But in both border towns and major U.S. cities, officials are struggling to deal with the influx of migrants that came in before Title 42 was lifted. We're at the breaking point, particularly with regards to resources in terms of capacity and space, as well as money. In New York, hotels are being turned into migrant shelters. Along the border in El Paso, Texas, detention facilities are overcrowded and migrants sleep on the streets. While we might see an ebb right now of individuals not coming, we can expect further spikes if we do not address those root causes. Experts say climate change, poverty and violence in the developing world will continue to put pressure on the border. Drew Petromo, NBC News, Washington.
And the mayors of five major U.S. cities have written a letter asking for a meeting with President Biden to ask for more help from the federal government. That includes Chicago, whose new mayor was just sworn in today. And regarding those New York City hotels housing migrants, more than two dozen military veterans have been uprooted because of this. Reports say the hotels make close to $200 a night housing migrants compared to nearly $100 a night housing the veterans. And one New York couple was told the 37 rooms they booked at one hotel for their wedding party had to be canceled to house migrants. Well, the next three-day weekend is almost here, and that means people are busy planning their Memorial Day trips. But you'll need to know about the travel forecast before you head out the door. Grants to grow the tech industry, how cities and schools can work together, and what other industries could qualify. And the COVID emergency may be over, but city leaders are preparing for another possible pandemic in the future. What they're doing to get ready for the worst while creating the best response. The unofficial start of the summer travel season in the United States is shaping up to be record-breaking. AAA predicts that over 42 million Americans will travel 50 miles or more from home for Memorial Day weekend. That's a 7% increase over last year. And road trips are up 6% compared to last year, about an increase of more than 2 million travelers. And then on top of that, over 3 million travelers are expected to fly this Memorial Day. That's an 11% increase over last year. Okay, and before you hit cruise control, know this. Ahead on NBC Nightly News, the new trend on the roads. Americans are keeping their cars longer. New driver data shows Americans are hanging on to those autos an average of 12 and a half years. That's as industry expert Edmund says the average price for a new car is around $48,000. As odometers hit higher mileage, more people are opting to repair rather than replace. Ahead on Nightly, who is benefiting from older cars staying on the road and how long costs could keep accelerating? Well, unfortunately, some of the heaviest rain has missed Camp Mabry so far today. Only a couple hundredths of an inch in the bucket. With that said, with this week of on and off wet weather, we are pretty much caught back up to normal for where we should be so far during this wettest month of the year. The lakes are up. Travis up six inches in a week. Buchanan up two inches. With that said, Travis, the main supply of our drinking water for so many, still more than 30 feet low compared to normal. Your first warning forecast coming up after this. The Commerce Department is now accepting applications for government grants aimed at helping to grow the tech industry. Now, these are for areas outside of traditional tech hotspots like Silicon Valley. Washington correspondent Alexandra Lamone explains what these grants could mean for the future. We are going to make investments all over the country. The Commerce Department just launched a new grant program meant to infuse up to half a billion dollars into the nation's budding technology hubs. You shouldn't have to move from your hometown to San Francisco or New York City to get a great job in technology. To apply for these government grants, cities, states or regions need to partner with colleges and companies in the tech industry. Michael Wallace with the National League of Cities says there are many related industries that could qualify. Rochester, Minnesota is the home of the Mayo Clinic. Medical technology is certainly one of the eligible categories. Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo says the types of eligible projects also vary testing labs, uh, upgrading facilities, worker training programs. Congresswoman Susan Wild introduced the bill to create this program, and it was passed as part of last year's CHIPS Act. I just think we have outsourced too much of our economy 
to other parts of the world for way too long. She says the program will also allow colleges to better prepare students. To create programs designed almost to the specs of an employer or manufacturer or industry. The Commerce Department says the program could grow by another $4 billion in the future. In Washington, Alexandra Limon. Hey, going in depth, a global company in the semiconductor industry, Topan Photomasks, is expanding its footprint in Round Rock. Now, photomasks are a key component used to create semiconductor chips. The company is investing more than $185 million to expand and modernize its facility. And that means they're going to add 50 new employees to the Round Rock location. In return, the city has agreed to pay $1.25 million in incentives to the company. The city is hoping a game can help prepare Austin for if or when the next pandemic hits again. City employees from judges to public health officers took part in what's called a simulation game earlier today to see what the city should do to keep Austin and the surrounding areas safe during the next natural disaster. Hosted by the Center for Advanced Preparedness and Threat Response Simulation, it is meant to help not only Central Texas with disasters, but other communities as well. This game has been designed so that we can run it with groups all over the country on different scales, different parts of the world, to help them make sure that they have the best response plans in place for future threats. Now the hope is that data collected from these simulations will show what Austin's disaster response does well and of course what needs to be changed to save lives in the future. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, this on and off wet weather pattern continues with some welcome rain for some areas while others remain dry this evening. Dark, ominous clouds, but not much rain falling in Georgetown. But look at the rain-cooled air, only 76, with traffic moving along nicely on 35 at our live Ewald Kubota weather cam, always on KXAN.com. The temperatures are highly variable depending on where it's raining and where it's not. It's 83, for instance, in LaGrange, but 70, nice and cool in Llano, 76, as we discussed up in Georgetown. Over the past few hours, we've seen the rain and thunderstorms that we saw earlier lift out of the Austin area, lifting to the north. Austin is dry, at least for now, as most of the rain starts to focus in the hill country. And this is where most of it looks to remain over the next few hours. Some nice thunderstorms between Johnson City and Stonewall, east of the Fredericksburg area. None of these are severe. No hail, etc., etc. Over the last week, some of us have had some really significant rain. Look at this. Near Mason, we have an LCRA gauge confirmed at over 8 inches and counting near Muldoon out in western Fayette County over 7 inches. With that said, most of us have seen unfortunately lower amounts, 1 to 3 inches so far in much of the hill country, 2 to 3 has fallen in Austin. Most of our eastern counties with these brighter colors have seen 3 to 6 inches of rain. We will take it even though most of that is unfortunately downstream of the lakes. Kind of a sloppy May weather pattern overhead. You can see all the showers and storms firing up with daytime heating. Notice how most of them are starting to focus on this line northwest of Austin. There's a cold front hung up just northwest of the hill country and some boundaries out ahead of it. This is going to keep some wet weather around for one more day tomorrow as the cold front interacts with all this moisture that you can see in these bright colors on the water vapor imagery. New high resolution data coming in showing what we know. Hill country over the next few hours will see much of the rain and thunderstorms while Austin eastward kind of remains largely dry for the next few hours. All eyes after that are on the cold front hanging where it is during the overnight hours. Only a couple isolated showers here ahead of it overnight through tomorrow morning.
As the front, though, slowly gets a little boot forward tomorrow midday, a few scattered showers and storms form along it, first in the hill country, then by tomorrow early evening, maybe during your evening commute even, a few uh, scattered downpours enter the Austin metro area. After that, the rain moves southeast of Austin following the cool front's passage, and it's not going to be cold behind this, but a little milder and drier air will blow in, and that'll help remove rain chances from the forecast, at least for a couple of days. Rainfall additional tonight and tomorrow afternoon. Not everybody sees it, but a couple spots could get over an inch. Most of the rain, as I discussed, will be focusing in the hill country, at least for this evening. High temperatures behind that cool front, not too bad for mid-May tomorrow at 82. But as we dry out, we heat up. High temperatures back to 92 on Friday afternoon. That's a good 5 degrees warmer than normal. Tonight's forecast, only a 20% chance of a few isolated showers after dark once these hill country storms fade. Low temperatures down to 66 with a calm wind. Tomorrow, actually a rare north wind here as we get toward the summer months. That's with the cool front providing a 60% chance of a few passing storms. That 60% chance of rain fades quickly with dry, warmer weather on Wednesday and Thursday. On Friday night into the weekend, we've got a cool front coming, again bringing some more comfortable temperatures for your weekend plans, but also providing a few showers hours and storms. Those could start as early as Friday evening, a little more likely though at times on Saturday. Well, we like cool fronts in May. Thank you, David. Coming up, honoring those who have lost their lives while serving our communities, how people are remembering fallen officers and how you can help a central Texas city that just lost one of their own. Thousands of police officers from across the country gathered on the National Mall today to honor and remember the men and women in law enforcement who were killed in the line of duty. Now, the Peace Officer Memorial Service marks the start of National Police Week. Anna Wernicke has more on what this means to current and former officers across the country. Hundreds of men and women in blue filled the Capitol lawn to honor their own. She gave the ultimate sacrifice. Corporal Berta Aguinaga says among the fallen is her friend, Deputy Sheriff Sidney Carter. She was always smiling no matter what occurred, anything. And she always did what she could to brighten up everybody else's day. From the start of the service until midnight, honor guard teams are standing watch over the memorial wreaths laid in tribute to the fallen officers. To be able to pay respect to the fallen officers across the United States was a great honor. Captain Greg Satterfield of Spartanburg, South Carolina says he's in Washington to remember two of his officers. One of which uh, was over his unit in uniform patrol and that would be Austin Aldridge. Aldridge was shot and killed while responding to a domestic call last summer. To remember him, his team brought part of his patrol car. We got it cleaned up real good. Uh, we got Austin's name at the very top, and we're all able to sign that and then bring that door up here to D.C. where we laid it at the uh, memorial. Satterfield says the door is a symbol of their commitment to keep Austin's story and memory alive. Neither Austin or Petey will, will be forgotten, so if we can leave memorabilia back or always mention their names, then we will never forget them. In Washington, I'm Anna Warnicke. And just last week, a local police officer, husband and father, was killed in the line of duty. Sergeant Joshua Klaus from Cameron PD died while responding to a domestic violence call. He is survived by his wife and two children. The sheriff's office says police responded to North Travis Avenue just before 11 o'clock that night. 
The victim told police her spouse shot her in the neck. When police got to the home, they say the suspect opened fire. Sergeant Klaus was hurt in the shootout and later died at the hospital. A GoFundMe has been set up for Sergeant Klaus's family. You can find that link along with funeral arrangements and all the details under KXAN.com. KXAN now has daily podcasts, so you can listen to us in your car. Just search KXAN wherever you get your podcasts or find them on demand at kxan.com slash podcasts. Overall, this kind of rain is just what we need. No flash flooding, nothing severe out in the hill country, just some dark clouds with welcome rain falling visible from the Llano County camera. We'll be tracking these showers and thunderstorms as they continue at 6 p.m. Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.